0: Hello and welcome, everyone, to today's news tonight—the weeknight news show where we're joined by special guests and our lovely patrons to discuss the day's gaming news. I'm your host, Derek Bittner, and I'm joined today by my good friends and GVG co-founders Steve Bowling and Ash Polson, as well as our very, fe- very special guest—excuse me, Matt McMussels. Welcome, Matt. Hey, thanks for having
1: hey, me. Hey, man. Man,
2: yeah, I am so excited. Yeah, seriously,
0: I—I am I... excited that you're excited. <laughs> I, I just kept seeing you get recommended on my Twitter feed. And I'm like, I'm going to check this guy out. And I just went to, for whatever reason, went to What Happened. I forget which episode it was. But I'm like, oh, somebody's actually talking about what went wrong with X Or, <laughs> so you know, actually what didn't go wrong. It. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. And then it just became like, okay, yeah, this is just, you know, perfect for while I'm doing other things. Just have another episode on. And it's,
2: yeah. Yeah, I think What Happened is one of the... One of like three YouTube shows that I've ever binge watched. Like just like nice. decided to dedicate a couple days and go through every episode. I fucking love what happened. Man. Like it's <laughs> such a so good much. show. And I I honestly kind of just knew you as the What Happened guy, you know. And and uh, then today in our Discord, someone that was really excited that you were coming on posted your video about Hades, why I like the thing, and I was like, damn, he's got like all kinds of really great stuff that I need to watch so I'm I'm gonna probably end up binge watching any other episodes you have of that too. Um, uh, yeah
1: that, that's that I, I just started doing that again because you know Hades is, is certainly a game of the year that a lot of people have been talking about and it certainly was for me but I uh, not to say like I was liking Hades before it was cool but I literally did um, back in 2019 when it <laughs> hit early access like I played it with like a week to go left in the year And I was like, no, this blows everything else out of the water. Like, let me redo my list. But I just did a video for Hades, like you mentioned, um, but I've only done, like, two of those. Why I like the thing, it's kind of like, I didn't want to review the game. I didn't want to give it a score. I just want to explain, like, the, the random bits of a game that just kind of make like made me feel like it stands out. So I do want to do more of them in the future though. But like, I have to really, really like that. The other game I did it for was final fight, like as a oh, franchise. Cool. Why, why do I like that a bit more than, you know, streets of rage? I like streets of rage a lot too, but what is it about final fight? So it, it, it'll be a take a another good long while for another game to like sort of hook me like that, so I can make like because you know, anyone can make like a review and you know give it a score and but it was kind of beyond that. So yeah, I'm I'm glad you enjoyed that one too because I did like uh, work pretty hard and even Greg Cassavin at Supergiant um, watched the video and and told me he really enjoyed it. So I was like, oh, nice, that's, nice. Awesome. <laughs> that's always
3: exciting. <laughs> yeah, that's is.
0: definitely. That's really
1: cool. Yeah, I watched a few um, so
3: episodes really- of what happened, and I'm I'm a big fan as well, man. I can't, I'm i not going to lie. I haven't binged it like Steve, but I've certainly watched a fair few episodes, and I really love your work. So I'm no, really happy to so have you here. guys.
0: Really, really appreciate that, yeah. What was Hades like in Alpha? Because I, I didn't really look into it. Because I've heard of Supergiant, but I played Transistor and got into it a little bit, but it did not hook me in the same way that Hades did. So it was Alpha Hades that different, or...?
1: Um, yeah, I'm I'm the same as you. Where I like transistor a lot for its style and and but the actual moment the moment of gameplay I was like eh, I'm not quite sure if this is for me. But uh, Hades earlier, it was interesting. It's like the core game was there, like hacking and slashing, and, and giving the context as to why you're doing it and why you're dying and and you know more story reasons upon deaths, but like character art, like no one had finished character art except like Zagreus, Hades and like a few others, like Nyx anyone that didn't have final character art was just shrouded in like a hoodie they just looked like something that tetsuya nomura would make it was just like edgy (laughs) character with a hood and that was basically it so all of those characters like did not have their final designs like fishing wasn't in it there were certain gods were just straight up missing Uh, weapons weren't added yet but the core game was there they're just adding more and more like so even that early version with stuff missing i was still like no this is this is my game of the year for 2019 i don't have it as like my game of the year 2020 because i was like eh, that's a little weird like mm. i kind of had played it already and just I, I sort of i sort of want to give it special mention so i, I always shout out shout at anybody on twitter it's like should i try hades i'm like yes Shud,
0: yeah. I, I had a lot of people get on me for that. Where I was like, "All right, I'll try out. I'll try out Hades." And then within the first five minutes of feeling like the buttery smooth controls, I'm like, "Oh, mm. I get it." And then the story elements start coming in, and I've beaten it once, nine more times to go. But I've been streaming <laughs> it, so I, I haven't. Awesome. I'm making slow progress, but apparently I've been doing pretty well because I then I got my first victory in ten runs. That's good. So, it took me wow.
1: like this. I haven't
3: downloaded. I haven't played it yet, but I do have it downloaded. Uh, I just, you know, when am I going to play all these games? I also got Yakuza Seven for for the holidays for my younger sister in law, and I want to play that too. Uh, but but my wife is uh, is very interested in Hades' art styles, so she wants to watch me play it. She'll sure. yeah. check it out.
1: Like my wife as well. She lived in Greece for like two years. Ooh. Oh cool! She even, she even studied Greek mythology um, and and you know other other stuff. But that was like one of her things that she's really really interested in. So she was like really interested in like the these interpretations of the gods because most video game players they're like well the gods are all these one-dimensional asshole characters because because that's what god of war said they were (laughs) i mean yes that's that's one way you can do it and that's not even that crazy but you you can do some other fun things and hades does really fun things with the with the gods like like most of you should know um but yeah like um it was just really interesting how even the earlier that that's why early access is good. That's why sometimes it doesn't work out, but when it really does, it when it works, it works. Like it, they got so much fan feedback while it was in early access, and they it was in there for like a year, just just polishing and polishing and making everything balance and making everything work together and and more and more stuff. So it's one of those real big early access success uh, success stories because I don't think Transistor or Pyre or I don't think even think early access is the thing when Bastion came out, but um, mm-hmm. I don't think their other games were in early access, and they really made excellent use of of that program.
2: Mm. Yeah, that's nice. it's interesting because when when I watched your video on it today, I didn't even know that Hades was an early access game, and so I, I learned that, and I was like, <laughs> oh wow, you know that's kind of cool. Like it makes sense, you know, because it does feel like for. for despite the fact that I'm not as in love with it as either of you are Derek or Matt, you know, I enjoy it and I will, you know, the, the controls are absolutely uh, perfect. Like, yeah, I mean, it feels like it, it has that same arcadey quality to it that I like mm. in older games, like that one more try kind of thing where, you know, if I was in an arcade, it would definitely eat up all my quarters. Um, yeah, and I love definitely. that about that game. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting to know, like, I, I was in a similar situation, you know, Fall Guys wasn't in early access, but I was one of their alpha tel- testers for it, and I played it for, like, oh, nice. I want to say four or five months before it came out. Oh, wow, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and it was, like, a consistent thing. They had, like, weekly weekly tests, so I played a lot. Like, <laughs> by the time Fall Guys came out, I had played, like, 60 hours or something of it. Um, oh, man. But it was, you know, I, I love seeing... The iteration that developers do on games like this, like they come out and they've got like mm-hmm. a kernel of a really good idea, and they they take that feedback and just polish it into something really special. And I wouldn't say that Fall Guys is in any way special the same way Hades is to a lot of people, um, but I do th- you know it does sound like they uh they they really. You know took took feedback to heart and improved the game not that it sounds like it was bad even in alpha but (laughs) season Um, three
3: is such a huge improvement it's like the improvement season two should have been but wasn't but now that they finally made it there it's really i play it every monday with with a couple of my best friends we just kind of get together and have a few beers and get on zoom and uh play fall guys and so i've been playing it since season one and it's gotten so much better now
2: nice yeah, I, awesome. I mean, I'm I'm definitely down to down to try Hades again. I tried Fall Guys over the holiday, and it just I don't know. I'm still not back into it, but I can respect that. You know, like you know, some folks never left. I I just left and haven't found the motivation. But hopefully, I will come back to Hades soon because after seeing uh, why I like the thing, I, I really feel like I, I need to give it another shot. Yeah, again. It, yeah. It is one of
1: those things where at first I played it, and I'm like, yeah, this is really, like, the controls are great, and the action's great, so I was kind of into that, but I think it's when, I'm not sure how, how like, far you got, but, like, when you beat the first boss, like, you can get another interaction with that boss later in a very different way in yeah. a different context, right? So after that, I was like, huh, that's really interesting. I've never seen a game do that where, like, you know, sometimes you can say, like, you know, an RPG or something, or or someone joins your party after you beat them. Not that this is the exact same thing, but that was kind of my real, like, huh, that's really cool, because that's a really cool boss, and they're not joining my party, but I can still have an interaction with them, and that happens more and more, and that was kind of the thing that made me go, okay, this game really is something special, because I've never quite seen, seen it done that way, but then, like, um, My friend Maximilian, he started playing Hades like a lot, like a lot, like more than me now. (laughs) And um, he's really into the moment to moment action. He likes the story stuff, but it's not what keeps driving him back to it. It's it's the actual like making your build and and figuring out real cool combinations of weapons and powers and such. So that's what he's getting out of it the most. And I've seen other people that don't like the moment or like, they're like, oh, the moment, the, the the actual levels and, and beating bosses, it's really too hard for me, but I love all the characters. So everyone mm-hmm. can kind of take something out of it. And I don't even like, well, I was never really into roguelikes. Like I played Dead Cells quite a bit. And I really like Dead Cells, like, in terms of its gameplay and its action, but it's, like, there's not really much story to speak of, or or there is, but it's, like, like little breadcrumbs of it. So I never got hooked into Dead Cells as much as Hades. Like, they're both great games, but, you know, it, this does make me want to try... Uh, roguelikes more, because I always kind of mm. steered away. I was like, uh, yeah, I know the deal. It's it's going to be hard, and <laughs> it's going to be a lot of working your way back towards a certain point, but Hades has really kind of gotten me over that hump. That's why I say that in the video, where it's like, if you don't think a game is in your wheelhouse, you know, if you have an avenue to try it, uh, please do, because you never know. Like This blew me away and, and became my game of the year, when it was usually a genre I would never Touch like at all, so mm-hmm. it's that it's, sounds like
3: me. I'm not a roguelike mm. fan at all, which is why I'm very keen to check this out because it might change my mind, as right. I've heard. Um, really quick before we move on to news I just want to share some good news that I shared uh, with our patrons during our Smash stream yesterday I no longer have to pine for Steve's PS5 in the background because while I was recording (laughs) Acts of the Blood God my wife texted me and she said I have really good news I'm like what what she's like I was able to get us a PS5 through PlayStation Direct so I've got a PS5 and it's coming on Friday and I'm so excited that's all I just had to get that out there
0: (laughs) Still don't have mine, but uh, that's all right. I, I guess that I've been waiting for a Ratchet and Clank. Give me your Ratchet and Clank date, and right. I will start working my butt off to get that PS Five.
3: Nah, nice. totally makes sense.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I was. I, I got one, but I was super lucky. I was just casually on Twitter, and like a Canadian. Uh, Twitter account that just lets you know about Canadian deals, like video game deals, just tweets out like random announcements. And they're like, Mm. oh, it's available right now on Amazon.ca. And like, you usually see one of those tweets and you're like excited, then you see it has like 50 comments and you're like, well, I I missed it. Mm. Because if it has that much engagement, like there's no way you you got it. Uh But when I looked at it, it said, I said it had uh, like two comments. I'm like, oh... (laughs) <laughs> um, so I was able to get one because I really wanted to play Miles Morales. I know it was on PS4, but that was like the game. It's so I much better on ps Totally. It, it's is, it, is, first, it is. probably the
3: first game I'll play on mine. My buddy has a copy. He's willing to lend me. So I'll probably cool. just play nice. that.
0: Nice. All right. So what? shall we get into the
2: news? Yes.
0: Let's, let's, let's get it. into the news and uh, pop up our first story. So, 21 years after its release, fans have actually discovered a <laughs> hidden dev code in Donkey Kong 64 that lowers the banana requirements for entering each level other than Jungle Japes. It's nothing huge in the like, but it is kind of cool that something was found s- so many years later And even the developers like Yeah we don't want to Work this hard To get this many b- Bananas Just yeah. let us in
3: <laughs> Good debug feature This this seems to happen A lot with uh, Rare games Because remember Like how This isn't as cool As that But remember When the golden eye Codes came out All those years later After its initial release And, and uh, you could unlock All these different Characters in multiplayer Like the different Bonds and NPCs And such That was such a cool Development In that game's Kind of legacy And this is kind of Similar to that
1: yeah, I think Ed Boon, um, uh, creator of Mortal Kombat, has said, "Oh, people still haven't found everything in Mortal Kombat too and I'm like, "Get out of here, man! Like, are you serious? Yeah, I like, hope no, that's true. Still- that's
3: cool." If I- so. He
1: said that a couple years ago. Maybe it's changed, but but it is cool when when stuff is is kind of unearthed. Uh, and and Rare loves codes and mm-hmm. hidden things, so yes. it makes
2: sense. Yeah, I, I'm. I don't have a dog in this fight. Donkey Kong sixty four is not my jam, but I mean it's Same. cool that somebody found. I, I always get excited when people find new shit in really old games like this. Um, but yeah, I was I. I'm I'm with you, Matt. I don't believe Ed Boon at all when he says <laughs> that. I think he <laughs> has been torn just apart you keep playing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: I'm I mean, not sorry, I was going to say I'm, I'm not much of a Donkey Kong sixty four. Like, I rented as a kid, got really excited, then I got very unexcited as i yes. was playing it but today i mean i think it's it's you know generally people kind of like it more today than they ever did when it when it was out but um i mean i enjoy watching summoning salt videos about donkey kong
2: 64 yes, rather than play yeah. donkey Love kong 64 oh my so. god i have the so-
3: distinct honor slash dishonor of of having 100 percent of that game as a kid uh, wow. I'll never do it again. Nice. I'm sorry, it, it was it was, yeah, it was it was quite the undertaking, as we all know. But uh, I could just that's why I can see why debug code codes like this exist, especially for a
2: game like DK sixty four. I have to go. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say
0: I didn't play it as a kid. I remember going to a friend's house and watching him take on the hundred one percent boss fight against K Rule, which did look pretty cool. Uh, if I think that's what I think it is, um, but uh, never played it myself though. It's pretty close into my future. I have this thing on my streams where if they, people get a certain amount of channel points, they can request me to play any game. And the person who's in the lead has already told me DK64 is it. So 101% run, here I come.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. I, uh, I I have to throw it back to what uh, Matt was saying. I could watch Summoning Salt talk about anything. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm not a speedrunner, and I have very little interest in becoming one. Uh, but the way the way he puts together stories, like I, I just I get entranced. Like okay, I, All right. I now Here. know that here's a classic summoning
1: is... salt dialogue. But then, this happened. Yeah, and then yeah. they show that <laughs> yeah. moment in a run, and you're just like. Oh.
3: <laughs> I yeah. love summoning salt videos. I have watched quite a few
2: of them. I've, not, I've yeah. not
0: heard of this channel. I gotta check it out because it's sounds- it oh, awesome. it
2: amazing. Like he goes deep into chronicling like the history of speedruns in certain games. He did a whole video on why like four two is the hardest Mario Brothers level to speedrun and it all comes down to like one right. jump really but he wow. makes it like so compelling to watch that you're just like tell me more. I have to know why yeah. this jump is yeah. so hard. Or,
0: or those <laughs>
1: legendary times on Punch-Out made by like some mysterious stranger that no one's ever oh, yeah. met and no one's ever known and like the 10-year journey of Matt, Matt Turk. Turk.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
3: i want
2: to i want to meet matt turk now (laughs) yeah the uh the
3: one on ninja gaiden is one of my favorites like that's a good looking to like check one out the ninja gaiden video is really good and i'm talking nes ninja Ninja gaiden
2: ninja gaiden uh punch out and his mario kart 64 videos are, are all really really good ones like i i mean they're all really good but um yeah Summoning salt. If you ever watch this, come on the show. Tell us. The story. Hey, you know that reminds me. I think I need to use my newfound clout
3: as uh, you know a, a uh, co-founder of Good Vibes Gaming to get uh, Summoning Salt to do Mega Man videos. He doesn't have a single Mega Man video. <laughs> it's true. Come on, come wow.
0: on. Is that right? do have, Mega Man has to have a speed running community? It has oh, to it have it has a big, to one.
3: massive speed yes. running community. He just hasn't done a video on it yet. But like, he I'm did sure one on
0: something. Wii Sports Golf.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh
3: my God! But yeah. that's
1: really that cool. cool but I mean, it's we for like I didn't even know that there was like a speed oh.
2: ready community for that. So one one two says that Summoning Salt did have a oh. Man Two video at one point, but he took it down. So. Well, uh-huh. did he take it down. Know.
3: Maybe there was some. Maybe there was some in- inaccurate yeah. info in there or something. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, hopefully, could, he could also he be a copy revisits rate. it in the future.
2: Yeah. Capcom Um, could have gone after him. Speaking of which, Ash, you've inadvertently provided us with a great segue. Yes, I was just about to say, Steve. So, great minds. All right, let me throw that up for you.
0: We mentioned this before, but um, (laughs) I wasn't sure we were going to cover it, but Matt insisted. And they're like, well, we can't deny this. Capcom's retro station has officially been revealed and a global release has been confirmed. And if you remember, this is the one that has all the the uh, the Mega Man, the power battles, uh, the Mega Man X, and the Street Fighter collection on it. It's like, what? Okay.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why this is being... I don't know why this is a thing. I. It's cool that it's getting a worldwide release. I guess the, the neatest thing here probably for game historians and also Mega Man fans is the fact that we're getting the console version. Of Rockman and Forte, a.k.a. Mega Man and Bass Which is really cool, uh, Mm. because it's way better Than the GBA version, but Why does this exist? Why Mega Man Soccer Next to Mega Man X, next to The Mega Man arcade game, like, it's so And then four versions of Street Fighter 2 Which, they
0: they just Released that with the Street Fighter anniversary Collection or something like that
3: Yeah, I just, like, Um, and then Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo, like, what? Why is
1: there a gigantic Capcom logo That's an arcade stick but only in the UK, but it gets the only home port ever of the Alien vs. Predator arcade game. But only this stick. You can't buy it anywhere else, but Capcom, I don't know why they keep licensing out one or two games that people really want for super high price. You can only get the... Marvel, Marvel, uh, Capcom, Marvel games by getting an arcade one-up arcade, but only there. I don't, know. and then they have that Switch arcade compilation yep. thing yeah. that has packs, and those are like I, I don't think any one part of Capcom is communicating with any one part of Capcom and saying, can we not just have one thing for people to experience, like, our history? Why is it divvied up? Like, Nintendo doesn't even do this. Nintendo is the king of doing this. It's crazy yeah. to me that Capcom keeps doing these, and this is the latest. Are they, They're having a Mega Man one. Did it, I can't read, I don't see anywhere where it says, Are there? will there be another retro station but not Mega Man themed? Like, are they going uh, to keep doing this with more? I don't think more? they
3: are. It doesn't, I mean, yeah, it doesn't seem like they're going to make this a whole product line, at least not from anything I've Man, seen they so better far. better not.
2: They're 200 bucks. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like, I was trying to find the, the price. Really yeah, so it says at the bottom of the article, the retro station is due in Japan in March for 21,780 yen, which is roughly $210. Oof. That's absurd. Which, what the fuck? Like, yeah, that, that I, is absurd. I just can't. I mean, sizzling that's, circuits. That's, <laughs> that yeah. price. That
1: price then <laughs> smacks you in the head like Pharaoh, yeah. man. Oh man. Uh
3: by the <laughs> way, I do want to point out that this article comes from or this news comes from Proto-Dude's Rockman Corner and Brian, the guy who runs it is a good buddy of mine, so I just wanted to give him a quick shout out uh there. Yeah,
2: the, I don't know, man. I don't know what the mar- who who is the market for this? Like, like could
1: some of those games not be added in a patch to Either of the two, well, technically four Mega Man Legacy packages. Is that
0: is that too convenient? Is that why we
1: don't do that? I don't understand. I, I mean, why. they could
0: really release another another original Mega Man Legacy collection just with the Game Boy games and yep. the weird ones with like yeah. uh, Battle and Chase, Soccer, and Mega Man Base. People I mean, would buy that up, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. That's not sh- Um, I don't know if you guys have checked out the website, but I think we can get a kind of a sense of how much thought is being put into specifically the Western release of this thing, because the design ideas for this, and I quote, straight from the website, Spark from the Mega Man. The Retro Station comes from an elegant design which will recall you the old days, and the best memory with Mega Man and Street Fighter. With the very Mega Man style outlooking, the Retro Station has special customized full-size joystick and buttons in a proper overall size, and a high-quality 8-inch 4x3 LCD display, 1024x768 resolution, to provide you better user experience for retro games. Okay, <laughs> they, now I'm, a, they I'm, I'm back on board. didn't bother to do a copy-editing pass. Over, I'm, like a I'm back on board now. No,
1: Now I want one because of that yeah. description. That's amazing.
3: <laughs> Listen, I And under the, uh, the Super the... Bass game audio part, it says, you can enjoy some built-in game OST with this Mega Man sound system.
0: <laughs>
2: what? They didn't even get a localization circuits. pass on this. Oh yeah. God! I it's got it. a it's it's got a, a proper size and and a Mega Man sound system. I'm good. That's all I right. Mean. Well, apparently you can use you it on your my TV using a USB
0: cable. So there's uh, there's something
2: it connects to a TV via is USB. That... What? No, I don't.
0: Yeah, and you can and you can compete. You can hook two of these <laughs> game stations up so you can play Street Fighter against each
2: other. Who is it only costs always...
0: four hundred and twenty dollars.
2: Yeah, I've always wanted to spend $420 to play two-player Street Fighter from 1994. Yeah. <laughs> it would have that to be $420 buy. for me to spend 420 bucks on two of these things. Yeah,
3: yeah. It's, yeah. Oh,
0: God. It's, it's just bad. Like... We're, I, I really do think Capcom are doing more legacy collections, like their beat-em-up collections, their Mega Man stuff. Like, get those collections out there, and people will get them, especially for games that just don't get released you know, that
2: often. I mean, Sega released that Astro City arcade, and at least that could do, like, 3D games, like Virtual Fighter and stuff like that. And that thing was still... It had, what, 30-something games, and it was 170 bucks. I mean, which still feels a little steep for Virtual Fighter, but... Yeah, like, I mean, you remember 10, on the...
1: Remember on the PS2, like Capcom had two like arcade collections, and they were good; they were well made. Um, but then there was like a Capcom arcade collection for the PSB called like Capcom Me- like Mega Mix Volume Two. And that had one or two exclusive games that weren't on the other two collections. But that's kind of excusable because you can't really patch things in at that point. Maybe the the rights to that game or whatever, they were able to find it and put it in later. But like with patching and, and DLC and what like if you put the, the other three beat in that the Capcom uh beat 'em up collection you mentioned earlier, if you charged me, I don't know, three dollars for the other games are missing there like the Punisher beat 'em up, uh Alien vs. Predator, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. If you charge me, I will buy those. If you Mm. put if but if you put them on a UK only stick and an arcade one up (laughs) Uh and then put it on a flash drive that I need to get to the bottom of the ocean to pick up, like (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to be less inclined to do that, but if you want me to pay you $3 per game, I'll do that. I, it, it really feels like someone told at Capcom or they crunched the numbers and said, we'll make way more money if we do this, if we sell these games on these little machines everywhere and we can do that. And I'm fine with that for like a year, like a year of doing that. But then... Mm. Put them on consoles, compilations, whatever it is, that everyone can have easy access to them. And I can play most of these games for free if I wanted, but I don't want to. I want to pay you, Capcom. Let me pay you, you know? Yeah, Yeah, and it's it's really worth
2: noting, uh, Matt makes a really good point, that you know if they were able to re-release Marvel vs. Capcom 2 and Alien vs. Predator in any form, they had to go through the same negotiations they would need to go through to sell them digitally on an e-shop. So, yeah, yeah Nintendo or Capcom re secured those rights to then put them in these outlandish places, which uh, just sucks.
1: Do, do you know what they're able to get the rights to again? They were able to get Capcom, like Marvel games, like, not even their fighting games, like Marvel, I don't know what it's called um, X Men Mutant Apocalypse on the Super Nintendo. That was just like an yeah. action beat up. That's oh, wow. on an arcade nice. machine. Like they ported that. And I think even the Sega Genesis X-Men games, like, and, and War of the Gems on the Super Nintendo, like, they're able, to, Capcom is negotiating with Marvel slash Disney, whatever, you know, whatever you want to say, and they're and this was, like, last year they announced that. It's not like it was, like, five years ago and things have changed. It was, like, last year, <laughs> so they're talking, and, and the fighting games, like, they got the fighting games re-released, too, so... Again, I understand a time of exclusivity. If it's like a year, that's fine. I can wait a year, but it's like, it's been several years now for for some of the older titles. And I just, I, I would like a clear plan from them saying somewhere in a press release, this is a timed exclusive offer. Or this will be mm-hmm. like an exclusive to Arcade 1-Up or the that ugly <laughs> Capcom UK stick. <laughs> that's also like $270, something ludicrous. Um, and I I just wish they'd be a little bit more transparent with what their plans are in releasing these yeah. legacy titles because mm, most yeah. fans are like don't know like they're not buying these things it's it's too expensive so
3: I don't you know, know and and one one two brings up a great point in, in the chat like who wants to play any of these Mega Man games with a joystick and buttons like that like an arcade style setup yeah. like imagine trying to play Yo. Mega Man X as one one two says or Mega Man Base with a joystick that sounds that sounds like an awful experience, especially for two hundred and ten bucks. Like, um, also, power, I feel like there's a. Huh?
1: So I was just going to say, Power Fighters. Maybe those were arcades sure. originally, yeah. but yeah, all the rest. Like, the yeah, rest. I want to play. I want to play Mega Man X. Exactly. It's the it's the most <laughs> accurate way to play it.
3: Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I, do feel like a, I feel like there's a. I feel like there's either a lost joke or some lost potential here by having this thing made by a company called Tron. And not having any Mega Man Legends branding yeah. or inclusivity in there—that just seems like such an obvious thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no joke. Uh, <laughs> it, It's—I mean—the whole thing is just ill thought out all around. Yeah. Like you know, Capcom is is uh, out Nintendoing Nintendo as Matt said. <laughs> it's just right. Like, I mean, it's they it's released ridiculous. these four like, games. You know, the Go funny thing see. is we're all talking about March 31st and, and Nintendo pulling a bunch of weird crap, like, at the at the end of March, but Capcom's been out here just doing wild, weird <laughs> crap all year and nobody's paying attention.
0: That's because the games stay listed. It's just that, that people are yeah. just like, hey, you're taking the games away from us for Nintendo. Then watch yeah. Nintendo have, like, this amazing thing that you happens know, on April 1st.
2: You know what, though? I'm, I'm going to come out here and say I, I'm more okay knowing that Some of those games are going to disappear. Than knowing that they're locked to just weird region exclusive pieces of hardware that are insanely expensive. Like if if somebody was like Mario Thirty Five is available only on this Nintendo logo shaped arcade box that also (laughs) costs two hundred bucks that is also only in Europe, I would be pissed.
1: Like there's those really cool HD ports of uh, that was with this god that that uh, Chinese uh, Nvidia Shield. Thing, yeah you know, right. Like, oh yeah. Like those are locked there now. There's political reasons why they're locked there, and they can't get the rights back to them, or, or whatever it is. Um, I would love to play that conduit. The conduit. I love talking about the stupid conduit franchise for the Wii. That's locked <laughs> on the Nvidia Shield, and but I would like to play that. And I do. I do agree that I'd rather be told you have a couple of months to play these. Does it still kind of suck? Yeah, it does. You have a couple of months to. Uh, Buy these right now at a you know standard price, rather than you have to pay two hundred and ten dollars for this thing that we made what five hundred of, and yeah. it's only in the UK, so plus shipping, like that's yeah. that's more of a barrier of entry. It's a different type of disappointment, unfortunately.
0: Very
3: true. well, and like the weird thing with all this is if they if they want to make money off these you know these hardly ever been you know re released Mega Man games, fine, that's great. But as you guys kind of touched on, they could easily do like a third or a mini legacy collection with these four games minus Mega Man X and sell it for 20 bucks and, and make good money on it. Yeah. They don't yeah. even have to localize Mega Man and Base. Like, I just, like, why do this? It's like, so I'll weird.
1: do it for you. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll get a group <laughs> exactly.
0: together and we'll do it if you don't want to. There, there's yeah. some amazing legacies for a lot of these companies and they're just not releasing them. Mm, they're stuck on yep. these old consoles and systems that you just can't get to like i'm still waiting for my castlevania anniversary collection 2 i want my oh, gba yeah. and ds titles come on they tease yeah, yeah, the sequel yeah. give it to me
1: like even the yeah. contra one the contra one was like decent but i really want a contra rebirth from uh WiiWare. yeah like, that was the one that that just like that's locked on something you would need a wii so, with it
0: pre-downloaded to play it you know? i i I had to do the same thing uh, for Castlevania the Adventure Rebirth. There was no way for me to play it oh, yeah. other oh, yeah. than the fact that Johnny was very kind and had it on his Wii U and let me borrow it so I can you know, play it and stream it for when I did that whole thing. Um, but, yeah, it, it, those are good games. Why aren't they not porting these? <laughs> now there's yeah. no time.
2: Well, I don't <laughs> know if I would call Mega Man
3: Soccer a good game. But it's still yeah. worth porting to a third legacy collection and selling it alongside the others for $20. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know I don't
1: I, I'm, I'm sure Sega will have a brand new collection uh, next year that's just Virtua Fighter for the Genesis, and that's it. That's the only game that's on the right. collection. We <laughs> have Ooh, to 112.
3: Yeah. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I
1: was going to say, like,. We can never release the other Virtual Fighters, but we will re-release Virtual Fighter Genesis every chance we get every year uh-huh. in some other new format. It's just, I don't understand.
3: We <laughs> got 112 reopening a, an old wound here in the chat, talking about Mega Man Mania uh, for the Game Boy, which is supposed to enhance the five Game Boy Mega Man games with color and other stuff, but they lost the source code. I was so looking forward to that. They never released it, and it just got canceled. And now, thank you for freshly opening that wound and
0: squeezing (laughs) women
3: juice on it. I appreciate it.
0: Well, with that said, uh, let's hurt Ash some more with our next topic. Oh,
3: no. This is the worst.
0: MAGFest future has been thrown into considerable doubt. Uh, As its president, Paul Bertel and a board of directors have fired longstanding staffers in retaliation for being accused of abuse, harassment, and, you know, more. Just all of it. Just name it. It's, uh... It's,
3: yeah. (laughs) I mean, straight up, (coughs) people who were were involved in MAGFest and, and key to making MAGFest the convention we all know and, and have loved it to be have said straight up magfest is canceled this is not the same show if it does continue it's not run by the same people you know you know it's not going to be the same show and if you go you're supporting abusers and it's like why does everything good have to be ruined I feel
2: why can't like, like, we have anything
3: I mean, nice magfest was one of my very favorite things every year to go to i we have a whole group of friends my wife and I that we go to share like three hotel rooms and just partied up all weekend and celebrate video game music and video games and it's the greatest place on earth it's like Disneyland for me and I don't know if I'm ever going to get to go back it was already not happening this year thanks to COVID, which makes sense of course hmm. but maybe
2: they will uh, pull a GVG and and rise from the ashes with the people that (laughs) I uh, hope so helped create it so who knows I Um, hope it does but I feel like I, I need this explained to me like I'm five because I don't know what happened. I'm I, all I I'm reading the the statement that was put out, but I didn't have time to dig into this story, and I see that a specific person and the board of directors are being called out, but for what? So I, for
3: well, the, at least this statement says, uh, six months ago, every full-time paid MAG employee filed a formal HR complaint against their boss, the executive director, Paul Bertel, for verbal and emotional harassment and abuse. Uh, MAGFest's board of directors is Paul Bertel's manager, so the complaint went to them, and yet they ignored the complaint and continued to support Bertel instead of the people he was allegedly harming. Um, You know, I mean, obviously, we have to take all these things at face value, but the only person who's saying that he didn't do anything wrong is Paul, and he has actively retaliated against anybody who has come out and said anything. So, I mean, I feel like the... The writing's on the wall here, you know? Yeah. Mm. It, and now they don't go into exactly what kind of harassment occurred, um, but it does sound as though that it doesn't reflect the values that MAGFest typically does. You know, MAGFest is supposed to be a safe space for people from all backgrounds, and it typically comes off that way, at least it has to me when I've been there. But Interesting. It's apparently the people who have worked so hard behind the scenes to make this convention happen have not been treated well. And uh I hate I hate to hear that. I hate to hear that.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, um I, I'd gone to Magfest like three years in a row and Same. um I, I I enjoyed it every time. The the last year though, I had a panel being set up there and I worked with, you know, it could have been like a million things, communication breakdown, I don't know, but it's the only uh convention of its size that kinda of dropped the ball this hard where I worked with someone, emailed back and forth for a good month saying, oh, I need this, we're going to play... Uh, sonic shuffle, make a big thing. Like, I needed this, I needed that. There, they, you know, I provided as many things as I could, and I just show up in the room and it's just empty. There's like nothing provided. There's zero communication. The person I was talking to is not responding. No one knows what the hell is going on. And we made the best of it. We just kind of winged it and did something else. But I was, I was kind of done after that because I never got like, I I sent an email, like, not angry, but just saying, like, hey, I need an explanation as to why, like, none of this, and I never got anything back. Not to say that has anything directly, you know, uh, connected to this story, but I was kind of like, you know what, I I think I'm good for a while, you know, things go wrong at cons, and I understand, but this was just, like, everything was just not there, and Mm. this was about 10 minutes before we're supposed to have it happen. So it was kind of a, oh, a nightmare for me, but I heard from several other YouTubers that like, yeah, I'm not going back to Magfest again because they had similar experiences, like um, yeah, I you know similar things that that went wrong. And again, when you when your con gets so big, it's hard to. But like Magfest was always like the biggest smallest con ever. Like it never was um, Pax levels because when you get mm-hmm. to Pax levels you you are you are a tightly running ship like nothing can go wrong and for for in my experiences at pax um nothing ever has gone wrong into some sort of big you know but they make so much money but like magfest has always tried to stay small but you you're you need to be bigger now and Mm -hmm. a lot of people said like the hotel that magfest has been in for a long time like it's actually not big enough anymore but they don't want to get like a Bigger one or they can't I I don't know what the issues are but I stopped going like a couple years ago and like this is kind of unless the um, management drastically changes like I'm likely never to go back again until something changes
0: I've never gone to MAGFest it was just always it's a weird time because I was always doing something else related at the beginning of the year so I just never got the chance to go out even though I was I live relatively close to Baltimore um but just never made it out. And I always heard everybody that went sing its praises, at least as, as, as an attendee. Yeah. Uh, as an attendee, for sure. Never uh, never got to check it out myself, and never going to happen now. <laughs> That's for sure.
3: I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I'm so glad I went this year, because I, I, I should have gone way before I did, but I got to go three years in a row, and this this year was the, the last one, of course. And uh, this year specifically was we were like four of the greatest days of my life. Like, it was just, we had so much fun with our Mac fam. And so I'm so glad I. You know, had that experience because we may not get it again. Hope maybe something can happen. Uh, I know Magfest is asking that people signal boost the message. Apparently, a lot of a lot of the Mag community has said they're not going to go if things don't change on the board of directors. Like people are rising up and trying to quote unquote save Mag. So, if this is something that interests you and you care about the future of Magfest, signal boost their message. Uh, there's also a website called FriendsOfMag.com that you can visit that kind of succinctly. Uh, you know, it were allowed succinctly. There's a lot to read through, but it, it organizes in one place the all, all the details of abuse and all the allegations and such. So if this matters to you, check it out. Um I will certainly be signal boosting and I'm hoping to one day see see everyone at MAG again. We'll see what happens. But this sucks, man.
2: Twenty twenty. Mm. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, well <sighs> we're not done with bad news coming out of twenty twenty, it seems. No.
0: No, no. We lost uh Mary Ann today as well. Oh, yeah, from Gilligan's Island. Island.
3: Oh, Oh, wow, I hadn't heard about that. Yeah. Jeez.
0: Don Wells, I think her name was. But, ugh, ain't that a bitch. Anyway, (laughs) let's go ahead and move on to our next topic. we got a weird one. (laughs) Nintendo's (laughs) Japanese release schedule had uh, listed Banjo-Kazooie and Blast Corps, both very much rare games, launching on the Wii U on December 29th, before Nintendo issued a correction saying that it's not happening,
3: <laughs> what, what, what do you even say about this? And yeah,
0: I was I was mid dusting off
1: my Wii U, ready to download, and I'm like, oh yeah, and then I see the correction go up. I'm like, oh okay, yeah. Um, but this yeah, is I, totally a thing. I said this before we started it. This is totally a thing. There's no way two hmm. rare games were just. You know, uh, kind of ousted uh, yeah. being there. Like it's, it's probably some dev like was was messing around with like a like the wrong like root kit in a in a server somewhere and just accidentally clicked the wrong thing and it appeared there for a second. But like it's so so happening. Like I I believe I, I think it was either. Someone on Nintendo or someone on Microsoft's side was like, "We're very like open to doing more things with each other." When uh, Banjo came to Smash and putting old N sixty four games that Nintendo doesn't own the rights to, but originally did, on Nintendo consoles, like everyone wins there. You know, mm-hmm. yep.
3: yeah, that's. For I sure. mean, I still, I'm still surprised that uh, that given Banjo Kazooie being in Smash and just. You know the two Ori games are on Switch for you know for Christ's sake. I'm so surprised that the Xbox Live Arcade version of Banjo Kazooie and hey and Banjo Banjo Tooie haven't made it to Switch yet. I kind of Just- thought that would happen.
1: Just port Rare Replay, to Rare Rare Replay is one of the best... It's one of the best collections ever made, and, like, most of the games are all Nintendo, like, on Nintendo console games. Not all of them, obviously, but, like, a good chunk of them are the best ones, arguably. Um, So I I always thought that would, like, that they would have... I always thought at the... When they announce Banjo for Smash, they'll also say like Rare Replay now available mm-hmm. on the Switch. Like that just yeah, seemed like a same. surefire thing, but hasn't happened yet for whatever
0: reason.
3: Oh, absolutely. if it ends I'm, up there, I'm
0: buying that. it. I don't, I don't have any, any Xbox consoles, but God, I'm buying it as soon as it, if it ends up on the Switch.
3: Oh, I'll do whatever I need to get Banjo Kazooie on Switch if they ever make it happen. Absolutely. I would love yeah. to have that game on Switch. And those
1: H D like remasters of them are really good. Like they, mm. they look like the old games, they just run way better and are sharper. Like that's all they really need to be at that point. Especially if that keeps the price point of them fairly low. Like I forget how much they were on the three sixty, the H D versions of Banjo one and two. I think they probably like, twenty.
3: Probably twenty, yeah. That's my guess yeah. is around twenty, yeah. But
1: yeah, yeah, I would I'd... also love a port of uh, Killer Instinct, like the reboot, on Switch as well. Like, Ooh. if they could ever make that happen, Ooh. that would be cool, or just, like, a collection of that, because I always thought for sure, like, a Killer Instinct character would appear, like, in Smash by now. I mean, that kind of makes sense, but, I mean, Banjo is obviously more cherished. Like, I there's not uh. that many Riptor fans compared to Banjo fans.
2: <laughs> <you
0: know>? Right. <laughs> True.
2: Yeah yeah i i have to say i feel like there's definitely more to this than just i i mean how do you make that mistake first yeah. off like mm-hmm. like that is a mistake that is really hard to make uh and and it's weird that you know banjo i can understand blast core <laughs> like that's that's a weird a weird right? choice mm-hmm. um you know so it does kind of point to the fact that i i agree with you matt like you know nintendo you have to submit these games to Nintendo and mm-hmm. they have to clear them somehow and it is incredibly likely that there is some linkage between their release list you know on their website and and what has been approved for public release like in their in their system right yeah. cuz it's not like somebody goes in and edits the html of that site every time to add <laughs> games to it one by one uh so it is possible that somebody like within Nintendo's own internal systems like just fat fingered it in exactly the wrong way <laughs> it just got it on the list so, i mean i would yeah, have I done
1: think... that if i was working there i'd be like whoops oh i uh-huh. need like i need my keyboard wand to, <laughs> to kind of press it in. i'd be amazed if like next week nintendo's japanese release schedule lists grabbed by the ghoulies launching on <laughs> wii u what that makes no sense like Cameo,
2: where'd that come from?
3: <laughs> Speaking of Blast Corps, I actually didn't know that the Japanese name of that game was Blast Dozer. That's kind of cool.
2: Yeah, it's a mm. better name. <laughs> yeah, it is actually. I'd go. I'd say. You know what though? I like that game. I'm not going to say I love that game, but I remember. I've, I've, I have like, it, but I've never played it. I picked it up when I, I,
0: I was on my N64 buying game buying there is,
2: binge. There is nothing better than like being an angsty '90s teenager <laughs> and playing a game that's just about. Driving into things and occasionally being a robot and things blowing up like it was it was exactly uh, the right game at the right time because there was nothing else on the N sixty four. Where where do
1: you guys stand on Jet Force Gemini? If you oh, stand man. anywhere at all, I played a little bit of it, but the controls felt a little wonky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's I, still a little rough. Uh-huh. To, oh, well, it's very rough actually
2: nowadays. Yeah. So I have talked about. My love for Jet Force Gemini. Oh, was, wow. Uh, I touched th- it. I, I, I
1: found a thing. Ooh.
2: <laughs> yeah. So it is, it is, uh, I, I love that game. Like it's, I mean, it's, it's full of flaws and it's, it's weird, but it, and it's ridiculously hard, like it really is, hard, ridiculously uh, but there's something hard. about it that I just like a lot. Like I, I have sunk yeah. many, many hours into that game. I still have not ever finished it, but, uh, but, but it's on the list. It's on the list of games to finish and. It's one of those games that I love despite its numerous flaws.
1: <laughs> I would love if your camera like turned slightly down and you're actually playing it right now. Like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like... Steve, oh. I can tell you
3: right now, man. I mean, unless, you, unless you're... unless you just love punishing yourself, I don't know if it's worth finishing Jet Force Gemini. I agree, it's a good game. People are but saying the you Xbox version's to to better. Game and, and save all those damn teddy bear alien things. My, I did it once and never... Ever again? Oh my god! Wow. Oh People no! Saying, just just be- having to to save every alien or whatever the hell they are—I can't remember what they're called—just to get to the final bot. It's a very difficult game, as you said, but difficult in a very frustratingly unfair way. Not see, not in just, a, not in a good way. That just makes
0: me think of um, Mischief Makers and the ridiculous mm. requirements to get 100 percent on that, and see the like the oh, god. secret ending. I've never done it myself, but again, that same friend who 101% of DK64 did it with Mischief Maker and all the crazy things he had to do for that, and I can't remember if it was actually worth it to do all that.
2: But I mean, matter the dude's I, dedication. I, I, I cannot think of that game without hearing "Shake, Shake." Like anytime someone, yeah, someone brings that <laughs> game up, it's the one enduring memory I have of that yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our next topic. And this one we have Koei Tecmo talking about Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity's development. Some of the details that came out about that. And uh, I'd say it's an overall uh, pretty interesting read, uh, what they all went through. Um, there's some interesting highlights in here. For example, uh, when they were creating the concepts of, uh, concepts of the champions, the team, uh, listed them, to, the Koei Tecmo team listed them for Zelda's team, and none of them were shot down. And, um, they were all inspired by their battle scenes in Breath of the Wild as they, uh, were going through. Uh, Daruk was originally slower, as it's common to have a heavy character, have a heavy character in Musou games. Uh, but it didn't feel right for the characters. They decided to add the magma attacks mid-development. Um, let's see. With uh, the they basically one of the four champions to be easy to pick up and play um, for all of them. And they talked about how Arbosa is very popular in North America. Hmm. Not <laughs> weird. Um. And I don't know if I want to go into the other uh, characters because I I don't know that kind of spoilerish oh, uh, but it's for a them. Show now. But um, yeah, it's kind of an interesting thing of where they were going for them. Like, what kind of ideas? Like, uh, apparently, the feeling they were going for with Impa was tricky. Zelda was magician, and Link and Urbosa were orthodox. So,
3: which sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. You know. um, I find it interesting that uh, for like spear-based move set, and Mifas was made before Link's spear move set. That's kind of a cool twist. I don't know if I would have expected that, just because Link is Link. But, of course, Mifa is the headlining, spear-wielding character, so it's kind of cool that they designed her moveset first. She's, like, my favorite character to play as in that game.
2: Mm. Nice. Yeah, I, I like, uh... I found it interesting that they originally want Daruk to be heavier and slower. I, I think that that's kind of... I, I, I'm not sure I would have preferred that. I kind of find it refreshing that, even though he's big, he's not, like, crazy mm. slow and, you know... Like I find slower characters to be kind of annoying to play as yeah. in those games, um, especially am. in a game like this where sometimes you have to sprint like all the way across the battlefield to get to another <laughs> location. I'm like, I don't want to be Daruk then. <laughs> but- yeah,
0: I, I much prefer playing as Daruk over Darunia. Comparing our That's Goron for, well, yeah. characters, we well, yeah, oh, same thing. Know, like it,
3: it's yeah. amazing how much better the characters are in their respective races. In Age of Calamity, like <clears throat> Mifa yeah. and uh, Sidon, both are so much better than uh, than Ruto. Hm? You're
0: yeah, freaking spoilers!
3: Is that really I, at this point? I don't. I don't. See I it don't really. know. I if you haven't played it yet, I don't know. We'll I see. Yes, it's it's a Warriors game. I, I think the there other must one have I totally trailer, agree. Right? This one specifically, yeah, it I might have been in, in the trailer. Tra- I don't know. No, the other one I agree, yeah. and that was that was on me. But I feel like. I don't know I don't think that's a spoiler personally I, I apologize though if yeah. It is.
0: but yeah Rudo's I mean, sucked to play as in the original Hyrule Warriors borders. <laughs> Because like, I basically maimed Urbosa
1: as she is very popular in North America, as, as, as it's as it stated. Uh, I wonder why. I wonder why mm. Nintendo's sexiest, coolest characters are very popular in North America. But um, uh, I it, it was weird because it's like, yeah, I don't want to play another orthodox character because Link is as orthodox as you can get, even though he's still really fun to play. But just um, Urbosa's, like, uh, you know, like... Uh, lightning meter whatever you want to call it like just made her that that more interesting and just that one combo where she just spins like over and over like she's yeah. like slams her arm down like oh, oh, God. Uh, as soon as i saw that yeah. animation i'm like oh you're never leaving girl you're never leaving my spot <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I i hope they release a patch where they uh, where they delete Rivali though Hell the
2: yeah, <laughs> my man.
0: I'm I, I a Rivoli defender. What? But I don't, I like his, per, I like him. You know, but you know what I want? I don't like playing as him in this game. I was a fan of like Rivoli and just how much of an asshole he was. Just because, I don't I know, will, it's kind of funny to see not everybody in love with I just, Link. I just Ooh. want
2: Nintendo to delete Rivoli like creepypasta style. Like you start <laughs> up the game and then Link just has one new recipe and they don't tell you what it is. <laughs> Oh god, Rivali Risotto. <laughs> yeah.
0: I just there's
1: this yeah.
2: one
0: blue feather
1: sticking out of this stew.
2: Uh-huh. Huh? Weird. <laughs> Rivali has left the party. That's all it says afterwards.
1: <laughs> 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 like I, I get Rivali's character, but you need that at the end of the quest or the game or at a certain point for Rivali to not be the jerk. But it never comes Mm -hmm. and you're just like, oh, okay, so I have to suffer through all your dialogue and I get no satisfaction out of it. That's bold. That's a bold (laughs) story decision, but, uh, you know.
2: Yeah, I like like that that's the one thing that they did to not mess with the continuity of Breath of the Wild. They're like, yeah, Rivali's still going to be a jerk. All yeah, okay, dark. fair enough. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so, somebody pointed out on Twitter to me how the, the, like I'm not a huge Rivali fan. I kind of just see him as budget Falco, but somebody pointed out to me <laughs> that the good the great thing about Rivali is that he's not like that that archetypal like you know loner character who eventually learns to warm up to everybody like he really does seem to hate everybody as much as he lets on he really does and he doesn't uh, really ever change from that what a great and, you know, there's, positive there's
0: character <laughs> yeah i mean well, the the fun part is seeing the other characters interact with him and some of the reactions to like this is what this dude is like and it's like
3: yeah. oh oh <laughs> i love how herbosa yeah. does it there's one scene where herbosa is like just None of us care she just doesn't acknowledge him it. she's None like no of us who just spoke
1: yeah. i didn't see anybody yeah <laughs> just shoot your arrows dude just shut yeah. up
3: just shut <laughs> up and shoot your damn arrows yeah
0: at least at least the fight between him and link uh is is pretty good cutscene wise it was really very cool, cool. yeah yeah, yeah. I know. yeah, yeah
2: you sure. know what and the music in that like, like, mission is crazy good I, I didn't like how they were like on nearly equal footing or or basically equal footing cuz i'm like we know what happens to Rivoli in Breath of the Wild. Mm. <laughs> like, well, Link didn't straight- have the master's tool at that point, so... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah, like, but, f- yeah. Fighting, fighting Link at that point the... might have been a little different
3: than fighting Windblight Ganon later on.
2: Mm. Yeah, fair. I just want them to give me the emotional satisfaction of seeing uh, Link crack Rivoli right in that damn beak. <laughs> <laughs> right. Every night studio
3: asks, "Oh man, are we having the Age of Calamity discussion here and now?" We're not, but
2: we still we need to do it. Yeah, we
0: can't do <laughs> it. We just have need time to do it. That's the fun part.
2: Oh, goodness. Yeah. But it it will happen. Well, once Ash settles on one location, <laughs> I just realized oh. he's in yet another location for this video. Yeah, my, my wife
3: needed the uh, the living room today, although my, my desk is nearly built. It's been fine, uh, hard to find time to actually sit down and do it, but it is nearly built, and it's going to be in this room. So technically, I'm not changing location
2: once he's, it's done. He's going to get his PS5, though, right before he has to turn the last screw, and the desk yeah, will never be complete. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, let's go ahead and do our final story of the evening. And Nintendo has revealed the best-selling Switch indie games of 2020. And there's some ones you'd expect, like Hades uh, and Ori and the Will of the Wisps. They're on there. But there's also some really cool surprises on here as uh, as well. Very happy to see Streets of Rage 4. Super happy for Spirit Spiritfarer. Uh, yeah. Shante and the Seven Sirens. I think I can't remember if I've said that before. But anyway, Sakuna of Rice and Ruin. Somehow that's considered indie. I didn't think of myself, but okay. Bloodstained <laughs> Curse of the Moon 2. Crosscode. Uh, there's some really good stuff on here Carrion. Super Mega Baseball 3.
3: <laughs>
0: um, I haven't even
2: heard of that. I know. So, if you can count Ori as an indie, you can count almost anything. I mean, it's Microsoft published. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I I don't know how Microsoft has managed to convince people that one of their first-party franchises is an indie, but cool. I
1: I wouldn't consider Bloodstained uh, an indie either. Like, it's published by Deep Silver, which is a big publisher. Like, it's... Yeah. uh, And it got, like, lots of... I mean, WayForward worked on that. Uh, NT Creates obviously did. Like, it's a big production. I guess just because
0: it's 2D, does that mean it's indie now? Like.
1: I, but then
0: yeah. you got Jackbox here. That's indie, which that seems weird too. Yeah, it's a massive it franchise.
2: Weird. Yeah, some of these are like like, like a I look little, at these. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm looking and I'm like, like maybe half of this list isn't really indie. But I okay. I like mean, Street, there's... Streets of Rage Four
1: does not. I believe it doesn't have Sega's logo. Like Sega gave the franchise to. Uh, dot mm. emu i think i think yeah i yes. don't think their logo is at the front no so i no. so i guess they the they, it is but
0: indie? By, by the way yeah. uh matt uh curse yeah. of the moon 2 is handled entirely by inti creates this is the 2d the ca- classic vania sequel not the uh main oh one, the, god uh, yeah yeah, yeah.
1: sorry um yeah Bloodstain. okay uh, sorry about that yeah you're totally right no, no but worries. um well, apparently so, it was 505 games maybe Five oh five and not deep silver. Okay, yeah, so I, I kind I of want to confuse those two.
2: Yeah, but Still, yeah, I mean it's a good list. Uh, Hades, we've, Definitely. we've spent a lot of time talking about Streets of Rage four. I know we all love that game. Oh um, yes. Being a which, Matt, I didn't know this about you. You had you would put on. I want to say it was on your YouTube community tab today uh, that you're friends with uh, Dino, who's who's a huge Streets of Rage guy.
1: He is he is the mm-hmm. Streets of Rage guy. <laughs> yeah, like
2: nice. I I actually remember. Uh, so we became mutuals on Twitter a few years ago, and I, mm-hmm. I'm I i would not go as far as to call him my friend. I don't know him that well, uh, you know, just uh, somebody that I know on social media. And I was I remember being in a meeting to preview Streets of Rage four, and they had like a cardboard cutout like of Axel. Yeah, and I was like, hey, uh, I know I'm not allowed to photograph anything in here but I literally know the biggest Streets of Rage fan on the planet. Is there any way I could just take a picture of this and tweet it to him? And they let me, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've, I've watched a lot of his streams, and he's a really cool guy, and, and he posts, like, really obscure, insane fighting game glitches on his Twitter. So if you've ever wanted to see the weird side of fighting games, like, dude digs up all these clips from all over the place and shares them. Really, really excellent uh, Twitter content, yeah, um, the, and really great streams.
1: the The stream that he just did that I made the community post about. You're playing all three Streets of Rage games at the same time, but <laughs> they switch whenever an enemy is is killed. So what? it'll yeah. it'll rotate from one to two to three back again. So and it takes a little while for an enemy to like blink off the screen. So it's not like immediate, but it's enough to get you ready for it to switch and it'll it'll. You you complete each game in a chunk at a time. It's like the craziest thing. Like some that sounds uh, couple, so cool. Yeah, I know. And I was and he's like, Oh God, Streets of Rage Three, fine. And he <laughs> plays through three and he's like and I they don't have this working yet, the way that this is set up. They don't have it working with bare knuckle three, which is, you know, far easier, far more balanced than Streets mm-hmm. of Rage Three. So he's like, Oh god. I I'll do this again when they have bare knuckle three and not Streets of Rage Three. But yeah, Dino's really cool. I'm uh him and uh him and i and uh another another guest we're gonna have are are working (laughs) on something in the background to kind of do like a beat-em-up style show uh we want to we want to do that hopefully uh in in the next year
2: oh dude that's awesome i I will definitely watch that i I like beat-em-ups a lot and and i was thrilled to see streets of rage 4 become a thing like i was really hyped the first time i saw it and i i went to a ton of previews for it nash i think you and derek did too right yeah, we did at yeah.
3: uh, PAX East last year.
2: Oh, that, th- oh what a game!
1: That might have been, geez. I because th- that's where I played it the first time too at, at PAX East. They, um, one of one of the companies, I think, Guard Crush. One of them like uh, followed me on Twitter, and I follow back, and I saw that there was like a constant like you know they just closed the door. And no one, no one can get into the Streets of Rage booth, and I, I just, I just messaged them. I was like, "Can I play it?" And they're like, "You can play." When when it's when it's done for the day, like when the setup is like done for the day, because <laughs> I was presenting a game elsewhere at the show, um, so I was at that booth all day. So I got to sneak in and, and play just a little little bit, and that's when I played a version where they didn't have any new sound effects. They just yeah. had the old Streets of Rage oh, stuff in, oh, wow. and they didn't have anything else yet so that must have been what you guys played too i assume I,
0: yeah we got to play a pretty Probably. early version and we was like man this is so polished already this is almost like feels ready to go and then it took another mm. what year for it to be released and god it really hit the spot i i don't play i haven't played a lot of beat-em-ups i played them more as a kid like the tmnt games oh uh, was yeah. a big one uh as <laughs> Um, was mentioned in the chat of course we just got Double Dragon Neon on the Switch I need to play that as well I've heard really good things about Neon
1: yeah it's uh, it's it it takes a little getting used to because it's very different like it doesn't it's the type of game where you need to play it a bunch like run mm -hmm. levels over and over because you collect these uh, special moves like like Two dozen of them, and you mm. find like a good mix, like a good build, and it it, it kind of works like that. If you play it through the one time, it's kind of like, ah, eh, that was that was fun, but you have to like put more time into it to see the the coolest stuff and get the coolest moves. Oh.
0: Nice.
1: Streets nice.
3: of Rage Four is is practically unassailable for me. Like, actually, it's funny we brought up sound effect sound effects. That's the only minor complaint I could even bring up with Sor Four is I wish there was a setting like a toggle that you just use the original crunchy sound effects and the garbled voices for when enemies are knocked out and stuff which is that's really the only thing I feel like the yeah
2: Yeah, I was gonna say it's funny because Matt was as Matt was mentioning like one of the early builds had exactly that right they Uh, had yeah
3: yeah, so I kind of wish they'd kept that
2: yeah I didn't I didn't I've never been to PAX East so I think I played it a few months before that at pax west the year prior because isn't pax east like early like january or something it's Uh, in march March, yeah march March. april okay so i i think i played it at pax west like the september before Uh, and i I remember playing a build that only had axel and uh blaze and one enemy (laughs) like they had they had one enemy done and it had just one track from streets of rage that would loop and it had like the original genesis sound effects and they were like they're like you can't say and it was weird because like I demoed it in a hotel room like they didn't have like a (laughs) like a booth or anything because they weren't showing it to a ton of people right but fortunately um I was really good friends with somebody that was working PR on the game. And they're like, hey, you know, we're not really showing it. But if you want to check out Streets of Rage 4, you can come over and, you know, just come up to our the hotel room we're staying in. And we'll we'll just throw it on a laptop for you. And so <laughs> I literally was sitting on a stranger's bed playing Streets of Rage 4. But you like, don't on, care. On you're too book. happy. You know, yeah, just like, I was like, this I, is so this a little weird, but whatever. I, yeah. Yeah. They were like, hey, do you want like a beer or something? I was like, all right fine (laughs) but also (laughs) I will will keep playing this and I played through the demo like two or three times and it was just like one level that would loop over and over again but Mm. I knew it was going to be something special then
1: you know what what the problem is with Streets of Rage 4 is that there's not more of it because we're so used to we're Mm. so attuned to expect DLC within like a month like we're we're, we're attuned to expect DLC within the week it comes out so when there's not and then, and it's a game you really want to play. Like they released like a patch that addressed like a couple of gameplay things. But other than that, like give me like Astel as a playable yes. character, please. Like yes. put in yeah. a real training yeah. mode. That's like the big one. The fact that there's not like a real dedicated training mode is kind of like. That, that almost seems like an oversight. Like, did, did, did oh, you not sure. did you not think people wanted to explore your really cool combat system? Because they do, and everyone just has to make, make do with the, um, what is it, tri- uh, not the trial mode, but um, just restarting that one level against uh, against the boss and trying that out. But uh, mm. that's, like, my main thing. I was like, oh, just release anything. I'm ready. Because it's, when it came out in what, late April? I think yep. so. Like,
3: yeah, late April, I think. Maybe early May, but I think late April.
1: So, you know, that's in, like, another three months. That's, like, you know, almost a year. Um, but sometimes that's refreshing. Maybe maybe whatever they're going to release for it will be, like, a really cool polished package, maybe even an extra level. Who knows? But it's kind of like I'm kind of hankering for for something yeah. anything.
3: At least we know something's on the way. It's 112 mentioned. They have confirmed DLC. We just don't yeah. know when what it's going to be or, or what it's going to be or when it's going to drop.
2: But if it's any, I mean, they're, they're a studio with a proven track record of making excellent games. So take your time. Yeah. I'm I'll I'll still be here, and it's I'll definitely come back to it too. One of the things I love about Streets of Rage Four is that it's such a small time commitment that even if I'm working on something else, I don't feel guilty going back to it, playing a little bit, and then and then hopping back out. So if a, mm-hmm. if we get a DLC add on, when we get a DLC add on, I'm I'm not going to feel terrible about like taking time away to go play it.
1: Right. Have you Have right. you guys played uh, Guard Crushes previous beat 'em up?
0: No, I
2: don't believe I, I so. Don't
1: believe What's so. that one? <laughs> uh, uh, go into Steam, search for Streets of Fury EX, and get ready oh for
2: um, yeah. I love that name. I'm, I'm doing this right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I, you know what? You can describe if you like for the for the the audience at home what Streets of Fury EX looks like. Let's oh see. boy! Oh my God. It's I'm
0: checking this out right now. Back into my <laughs> yeah. Hold on, Streets of Fury EX. Oh boy. This'll be worth it
3: fight trust the, me. <laughs> fight the Gangs of Paris. Oh my god. What? It's like MoCat. Like Mortal Kombat 1 and no. 2 style.
1: But its combo wow. system is incredible. It's it's super loose and janky and you can do the craziest things. Oh my things. gosh. These are all this martial
3: These
1: are all martial artists and friends cuz Guard Crush is in Paris. So they just had all their friends dress up and it's just it's just the craziest game. That is ridiculous.
3: This looks great.
1: <laughs> uh when you when you play it, I wouldn't I wouldn't call oh. it great, but okay, yeah. there's something about I, it. There's, there's There's a demo sure.
0: and it's currently on sale till January 5th on Steam for a, a buck 50.
3: Yeah. Well, there you go. It's
0: uh it's it's a special game. I'll I'll, I'll say that
1: easily.
3: <laughs> Just in case a buck 50 is too much, there is a demo as well. Yeah. There you go. That's great. All right, not, then, it's it's not playable on Mac, though. Bummer. Oh, well. That's okay. Oh, well. I'll, I'll watch a, I love a YouTube video of it.
0: Unreal. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I, you know, nice to see Nintendo uh, support indies. I have I have yeah. uh, quite a few of these on this list. And uh, I'd say, from, from what I've heard, pretty much all of them are worth playing. So, yeah. Definitely worth that. But... I think with that, we have covered all the major headlines from today's news. So, yeah, this was a fun episode despite some uh, mostly late topics. Uh, And (laughs) Matt, thank you so, so much for joining us. It was a lot of fun having you on. And for the one or two people out there who somehow don't know who you are, uh, tell them where you can find you at. (laughs) Uh, You can find me on
1: YouTube at Matt Muscles. It's funny because I don't have... Many muscles um, <laughs> on YouTube. So just put that in. Uh, my channel is called the Matt and Muscles Flophouse, where I do what happens, an investigative series about. Uh, video games with troubled development, um, also some other things. I love Spider-Man games. I play a lot of Spider-Man games on my channel. And you can also find me um, at Twitter at the same address. And if you want another beat 'em em up uh, you can definitely check out a, a beat 'em up game I produced uh, called The Takeover, which is also on Switch and Steam right now. Uh, PS4 version coming when um, the pandemic hasn't slowed everything down to yeah. a crawl. Whenever of there's course. a dev lately that has said, like, oh, sorry, just, you know, we have to delay things. Like, the pandemic affected us in ways we never... And, and I, my heart goes out to you, because just the simplest things take, take the longest nowadays. So, mm-hmm. uh, because of it, unfortunately. Yeah. But, yeah, um, it's it's a Streets of Rage homage. So, there you go. It's uh, the theme of this episode, I guess. Apparently, yeah, I've, Hades I've and Streets I've of Rage. I've seen
2: the trailers for that game. It, um, it kind of has, like, a... Uh, I don't want to say like a Donkey Kong Country vibe to it, but visually, it has it's, kind of that like three. It's very nineties
1: CGI killer instinct yeah, sort of looking go. thing.
0: Thank yeah, you. yeah. Nice, cool. And it's like six uh, before, bucks on Steam. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> probably.
2: Um, oh no, it is. Like I, I oh, just okay. looked it up because I was I was trying to make sure it was the one I thought because I heard the takeover and I was like I think I know that that game and so I, I googled it real quick and yep. Uh five ninety nine on Steam right now. Not bad on sale. Not bad. Not bad at all. (laughs) Check it out. And thank you again for joining us, Matt. It's been a a pleasure pleasure, man. It's
1: it's been really, really fun too. Um i i kind of went in knowing what to expect it's like we're just four dudes talking about video games it's gonna be fun and 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 that was definitely delivered so nice. good stuff. <laughs> i mean that's nice.
0: that's all you really need right just right uh talking about that sort of stuff for an hour or so and who knows what subjects will come up but it'll be a lot of fun but, uh, I guess before we sign off, we do have to give a special thanks to all of our patrons at the producer tier for helping to make this show happen. It's been i guess this really is our last t n t of the of the of twenty twenty so oh, wow. thanks for yep. uh getting us into you know being with us supporting us. It's been interesting getting this channel off the ground. Yeah. uh you know, we all have a lot of plans and of helping to make it grow and do more. But uh, for sticking with us right from the beginning, we really do thank you. And an extra special thanks to um, all of our patrons at the executive producer tier and above. And those fine folks include Rob, our man X, Dan and Twistle, Z Patty, Adam O'Sullivan, Floating Mew, Christopher, The D Pad, Vesmio, Waffle King, Kieran Phillips, Benny Al, Rosa Bowling. Hi, Mom. There we go. <laughs> I was waiting. <laughs> I've waited. Geller. Shiny Turkey, Titus Malvolio, Jake Pelka, Michael Phone, Mitchell Herring, Jay Acosta, Game Explain, Charles Zazz, Andrew Medeiros, Jonathan Belmare, Kitty Kong Fax, Patrick Harrison, 112, Scott Barber, Evernight Studio, Rocks the Cat, Loyal Dingo, Azran127, Phantom23, Sean Garrett, Shadow the Cat, and Guillaume Monet. Holy crap, that list is getting... It hasn't grown, but it's still long. But thank you all so much. (laughs) And remember that you too can become a patron over at patreon.com slash gvgaming where you can watch today's news tonight live for as little as $5 a month. Thank you all so much for watching. And if you like this video, be sure to subscribe to Good Vibes Gaming for more more good times like these. So until next time, good night and good vibes.
3: Until next year, good night and good vibes.
0: Yeah.